You are listening to the Vadi McKechnie podcast, episode number 81. Hey there, welcome to the Vadi McKechnie podcast. This weekly show offers a fresh take on that elusive work-life balance that we really struggle to find. So you can finally stop feeling like you're failing at both. I'm going to be sharing the concepts and strategies that I've taught hundreds of ambitious but busy women over the years as a coach and a mentor. It's time to rid our lives of the chaos and the stress and instead replace it with more calm and more fun. It's time to take your life from good to great. Let's start today. Hello, 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 lovely people. It is Barry here. Welcome to this week's episode. I am coming to you from my home in Melbourne in lockdown again. <laughs> Feels a bit Groundhog Day around these parts at the moment. Um, so for all of you who are listening anywhere in Australia, there is a 99% chance that you are also in lockdown at the moment. So I hope you are doing okay. I hope that things are going well and you are surviving. It can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster, right? I know that has been so true for me um, of days of feeling really great and then days of feeling really shit and then hours of feeling great and hours of feeling shit and it feels really destabilizing. You know, for for those of us who are very aware of our emotions and aware of our thoughts and who have been, you know, doing this work of intentionally creating our lives um, and being aware of our thinking and being aware of how we feel in different situations, um, it can be quite confronting and quite overwhelming to feel so out of control. So I just want to let you guys know that I am in this as well. I certainly had all those feelings over the weekend um, as we found out that we were going back into another snap lockdown, as they call it, which is going to last at least two weeks. So not quite sure the definition of a snap lockdown. (laughs) Um, But I know for me over the weekend, I really struggled. Um, I had cancelled plans yet again. Um, My third trip that has had to be rescheduled because of these, you know, quick, immediate lockdowns that we've been experiencing here in Melbourne. Um, And yeah, it just was time for me to kind of just step back a little bit, Um, do lots of writing in my journal, do lots of just being outside, being with my boys, um, going and walking on the beach, you know, just doing things to create as much of that stability and equanimity as possible when there's so many things that... um, are kind of vying for attention at the moment. So yeah, if you are in a part of the world where you do have restrictions at the moment, if you're here in Australia, then I feel you and know that it is okay for it to not feel okay all of the time, you know, but it's as long as we don't stay stuck in that place, um, I think that's the most important thing, but to not deny those feelings that come up, those, you know, feelings of, of frustration and anxiety and also a sense of, you know, endlessness and hopelessness about this as it's been going on for 18 months now. Um, And I don't really want to put too much attention on it, but it is something that we are all still dealing with on some level, whether we are in or out of lockdown, it is an ever-present part of our lives at the moment. Um, and, And maybe for the foreseeable. So yeah, if you are feeling a little unstable, know that that 
is completely okay. It is completely natural. Um, what the best thing we can do is just have curiosity and compassion for ourselves during these times and and be aware of those beliefs and those thoughts that are coming up and are they actually serving us are they helpful um are they moving us in the direction that we want to go in all that said this week i want to talk about this idea of all or nothing thinking this is the thinking that we do that is very black and white right? It's we're either all in or we're all out. Are we 100% agree? Are we 100% disagree? And this has been something that's been coming up for me personally, and also for a lot of my clients recently. And it's something that we're seeing in the world a lot at the moment, because there are a lot of opinions, a lot of positions, a lot of perspectives that people have that fall into this all or nothing way of thinking. Um, I'm sure you've dealt with it yourself, you know, even within your family, within your local community, um, and then, you know, even more so in the online space as well. People are very divided in their opinions of things at the moment. But in the last few weeks in sessions with clients, we've been looking at where this all or nothing way of thinking shows up in our day-to-day life and those practical applications of our life. Now, for me, an example of this all or nothing thinking um, certainly comes around my health and fitness, most specifically around my running. So I would be someone who would either run every single day, which I have done for numerous hundred day blocks (laughs) over the years, um, or I don't run at all. Like six weeks can go by and I do not put my running shoes on. And I got really curious about this all or nothing. And it's something that I would quite easily say and make it my identity of I'm either someone who's all in or all out. And I would see it as a really positive thing, right? I'm I'm someone who's very decisive and I'll decide if I'm 100% in or I'm 100% out. And for a long time, that felt really helpful. That felt like a really efficient way to use my energy. It felt like it created a lot of momentum. And it certainly did. It did give me a lot of great results in my life and and lots of different things, especially around business, you know, having that kind of real quick, decisive, ready to take action type of energy certainly gave me lots of results in my business. But then there were other areas of my life that I started to question, was this all or nothing way of thinking actually helping me feel the way that I wanted to feel? And the short answer is no. The problem with this all or nothing stance that we so often take on things is that it's not actually how the real world works, right? Very few things in our life are so starkly black and white. We really live our life in that spectrum in between. And I don't want to call it a gray area. (laughs) Doesn't sound like the most exciting thing that we could be doing. But we live in that nuance in the middle. Very few things in our life are 100% at either end of the scale, right? We often live, um, you know, in that space of there being shift and flow and, and different perspectives. But it can be a really difficult place to be right? Because it has us questioning a lot of the things that we thought we knew to be true. A lot of the facts that we thought were simply just that, they were just facts. It's easy to stay at one side or the other because we can just be 
completely all in with everyone else who believes that to be true at that end of the scale, right? But what I've found in myself is that there are certainly elements that I agree with on one side of the scale on any particular topic, but there's also elements at the other end of the scale that also feel true to me. Now, what this can do is cause quite a bit of cognitive dissonance, right? Because in our brains, we think, well, we can't hold those two truths at the same time, right? We can't be at one end of the scale in this aspect around this particular situation and then hold the the opposite end true at the same time. But the fact is we can hold those two ideals and that's actually what allows us to be that more authentic expression of ourself because we get to look at the nuance we let to get to look at those subtleties in between and not be so starkly held to one side or the other it feels like there's more flexibility and more fluidity in that it asks us to question beliefs that we've had and to consider other people's perspectives What this can do is actually have us saying that what we thought was true before, we actually have changed our mind on. And we often don't give ourselves permission to change our minds, right? We have this forever mentality that if this is what I decide to be true around this subject right now, then in order for me to be authentic and in integrity with myself, I need to hold on to that forever, right? But there's no authenticity in that if you are moving through this world and your views and perceptions are shifting and changing because of your own personal experience as you move through the world, then it's only natural that our perceptions and our opinions and our position on things is actually going to change because we're experiencing different situations, different opportunities, different ways of looking at things. So I want you just to consider that what if your truest, most authentic expression of you was someone who allowed their opinion to change? It takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery to step forward and say, this is something I used to believe and now I don't believe it anymore. But that shows growth, that shows evolution and expansion. There's so much more expansion in saying that you've changed your position on something as opposed to holding on to a belief, holding on to a thought pattern that doesn't fit you anymore anymore, only because you want to be seen as someone who was right back then. We have to allow ourselves to be wrong in the past in order to grow and expand and evolve into that next version of ourselves. One of the main problems with this all or nothing thinking is that it holds us back from taking that next right step on a lot of things. Now, let me give you an example here from my own life. So as many of you know, um, I removed alcohol from my life just over three years ago now. And one of the things that held me back from stopping was I had this this belief that if I stopped drinking alcohol, then it had to be forever, right? And and we are culturally conditioned to think that is the case. If you have a disordered relationship with alcohol, then the only option for you is to never drink alcohol again, right? We see it in a lot of the, the 
sobriety communities, you know, things like AA, a lot of people talk about, you know, you are in recovery for the rest of your life and you cannot have another drink. So for me, in order for me to give up alcohol, what I was telling myself was I have to identify as someone who A, is an alcoholic, which I actually didn't believe I was, and B, that I was going to have to be in recovery forever for the rest of my life, right? And that belief there, that all or nothing thinking that I was either someone who drank without any control or someone who never drank again forever, that belief there, that all or nothing thinking was the very thing that held me back from taking that next right step. Now, I'm working with a lot of private clients at the moment, and we're diving into their relationship with alcohol and what that looks like for them at the moment. And I think the reason for this um, is quite timely with the fact that we are dealing with a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty. And I have certainly seen this trend both in clients, um, in friends, in greater communities of people online, that a lot of people, especially women, um, are drinking more than they want to drink, right? They feel like they have a slightly out of control relationship with alcohol. Once where they used to drink for pleasure, now they're drinking as a way to cope, as a way to just de-stress as a way to kind of numb out and tune out of a lot of the monotony that's happening in life at the moment of having a lot of opportunities taken away from us. Um, quite a few of my clients are working from home, they're homeschooling their kids at home, they're not traveling the way they used to travel before. And so alcohol has been this kind of coping mechanism and it's showing up in ways that they feel uncomfortable with but like me they don't necessarily see themselves as being alcoholics but they want to create a different relationship with alcohol going forward and that's where this all or nothing thinking can really hold us back and what I've been working with these clients on is what if we lived in some of that space in between those two extremes if on the one end of the stick we have never drink again and then the other end of the stick is continue to drink in the way we're drinking at the moment, then what are all those beautiful options we have in the middle? So with some of my clients, it's choosing to stop for an extended period of time for four weeks or for six weeks. For other clients, it's looking at being more intentional and deciding when they're going to drink, whether that's, you know, just at the weekend or on a particular night during the week. Um, and then with some clients is looking at, you know, how do I just reduce my overall intake? So there's lots of different options in there. The thing is, when we allow ourselves to be in that middle space, to hold elements of both to be true, then we give ourselves so much freedom and we give ourselves the ability, the opportunity to take that next right step. When we put that pressure of forever on us, it is so debilitating. It has us stopping in our tracks. It feels overwhelming. But the truth is nothing is forever, right? But if you believe that something has to be forever, then you most likely feel overwhelmed and you won't even start, right? You won't take that next step. When we put forever on something like taking drinking, for example, when I put forever on myself to stop drinking forever 
it felt really overwhelming. It felt like something I just didn't even want to do. I thought a life without alcohol forever seemed like a really boring life. (laughs) And so I didn't want to put that pressure on myself. But rather than thinking that it had to be forever, I decided to break it down into smaller little chunks. So, you know, I was going to decide to not drink for a month and then I could recommit to that decision at the end of the month and see if it's something I wanted to continue with. Because when we put forever on something, we never get the chance to accomplish it. Think about it. If you decide that you're going to do something forever or you're going to stop doing something forever, we never get to forever. So we never get the chance to achieve that goal, to actually accomplish the goal we've set ourselves. It's crazy, right? When we tell ourselves that we're never going to do this thing again, that might be never drinking, it might be never overeating, it might be never eating sugar again. Whatever we tell ourselves, it can feel really virtuous to say that we're never going to do something ever again. And then on the flip side of that, if we feel like we're just going to do it whether we want to or not, and we're just going to do it and we're not going to put any guidelines or parameters around that, it can feel really rebellious, right? And when we're in that all or nothing phase in that that container of all or nothing, we bash against the sides of that container, right? We go from virtuous on one side to rebellious on the other. So we're either all in or we're all out. And that is such an exhausting way to live. I just had a conversation with a client this week and we looked at this idea of where in her life was she being this kind of virtuous person on the one side and then this rebellious person on the other side when it came to to her all or nothing thinking around a particular subject and it's really volatile and creates a really chaotic energy in us because on the one hand we feel deprived and then on the other hand we feel really out of control so what if we could find that beautiful sweet spot in the middle where could it be really sustainable that we were someone who could have that element of freedom, but also have this container as well. And so I want you just to think about that when it comes to whatever your all or nothing is in your life. It might be around exercise, it might be around food, it might be around working out, it might be around alcohol. Where you're bringing this all or nothing thinking, how could you offer yourself some grace, offer yourself some compassion, and create a container within that middle ground that allowed you the flexibility, but also gave you this container to show up more as who you want to be without having to go to those extreme ends of the scale and create that chaos on one end and the deprivation on the other end. When we are in this space of all or nothing thinking, the bigness and the permanence that we attach to these things is debilitating. And there's nothing bigger or more permanent than forever, right? So if we take the forever out of it, we give ourselves so much freedom. If we look at a really big project that feels overwhelming, when we think about it, a big project is just lots of little projects collected together, right? So when it comes to that all or nothing thinking, how can you break down the bigness of what feels like the all 
and create those small little pockets, right? Those small little projects that will all culminate to that end result that you want to create. We want to make sure that we create space and we create flow and magic and fun and spontaneity in our life. And when we are stuck at the extremes of all or nothing, there's very little opportunity for those beautiful flowing states and emotions that we really want to to use to create our life. What if you swapped those words always and never for occasionally or often, right? What if we allowed ourselves to live in that middle ground a little bit more rather than at the extreme ends of the scale? We want to be able to create these smaller next step intentions towards what we want to create. And then you get to decide if you want to recommit after each small step. So in my example with drinking, I knew that I wanted to stop drinking for an extended amount of time. Now, I had done things like dry July and Feb fast in the past. So I knew that I could go four weeks quite easily without drinking alcohol. Right. But there was a goal at the end of that. The goal was to get to the end of the month. And then, like many people who do these things, the reward is a really expensive bottle of wine or a big night out with the girls. Right. <laughs> Which is crazy when we think about it. We get the benefits of it and then we reward ourselves by doing the thing that we weren't doing when we felt better. <laughs> crazy. Right. So I knew that I could do that, but for me, I wanted to have a more of an extended period without alcohol, but attaching the idea of forever to it for me was not inspiring me to take that next step. So I decided that first of all, I was going to stop for a month and then at the end of the month, I would see if I wanted to recommit to that. So I knew that I'd already gone a month without drinking, so I could easily achieve that, but I wanted to consider at the end of that month if I wanted to recommit to another month. And so that's what I did for the first six weeks when I decided to remove alcohol from my life, which was over three years ago now since the last time I wanted an alcoholic drink. The beauty of approaching it in this way is that when we can make a commitment, we can state an intention for ourselves over a shorter period of time, we give ourselves the opportunity to actually achieve it, to create that win, to feel like we can set an intention for ourselves and we can follow through and we can realize that goal that we've set ourselves. When we have these longer periods of time, it can feel like this uphill struggle, right? That we're never going to get to that place. It feels so far out ahead of us and feels like there are so many steps between the version of us right now and the version of us who's achieved that big, huge, momentous goal, right? So for me, the way I looked at it with alcohol was that I got to decide to not drink for a month and then I would recommit. So think about it you are deciding to not drink for a month. And then at the end of that month, you recommit to not drinking for another month, right? If you do that six times, it means that you've set an intention and you've recommitted to it because it felt good, right? And you've done that six times over. You've set six goals and achieved six goals. You've had six successes, right? So you start to build 
that evidence, you create evidence for yourself that you are someone who can do this, right? That this is achievable, this is doable. It almost feels easy, right? When we look at the flip of that, if we look at, you know, having to stop for six months, then we don't achieve that sense of accomplishment, that sense of progression until we get to six months, right? So we're going to have to white knuckle it for the whole six months in order to become that person that we want to become. But we don't have to put it so far out there in the future. We can take it in those small little easy increments and build on them. We want to start building our way towards who we want to become. We don't have to become it overnight, but we can start to become that person. And so breaking it down into easy wins, easy next step for us, allows us to create evidence that we can do what we say we're going to do. And it gives us choice. It gives us freedom, right? Because when we say something is forever, we have very little freedom in that. We are so bound to forever. But when we get to recommit at the end of every month, we are making a conscious choice because it feels good, not because we are bound to it, but because we are choosing to do it. As I've watched clients over the last few months really shift and change that relationship they have with alcohol, it's been so beautiful to see how empowered they feel around something that they felt they had very little control over. A lot of my clients felt like alcohol was controlling them and it was this ever-present thing in their thoughts all the time. Um, you know, it got to 3.30 and a lot of them were like wanting to open the bottle of wine at 3.30 once the kids had wrapped up with homeschool, you know. Um, a lot of the, the boredom and the monotony and the lack of variety of having to work from home and parent from home and school from home and create date nights with their partner from home a lot of this monotony was being numbed out with alcohol. And these are smart, clever, successful women. But they had realized that their relationship with alcohol was becoming quite imbalanced. Creating these little pockets of easy wins for them. And however they want their relationship with alcohol to be. As I said, some of them have decided to stop you know, for the longer term with the intention of that being an ongoing thing. For some people, it's just to be more intentional, right? They don't have to identify as being alcoholics in order to change the relationship with alcohol. And a lot of these women felt like alcohol was the kind of handbrake on their life. It was holding them back from a lot of joy that they felt was just not accessible when they were constantly kind of defaulting to this coping mechanism, this de-stressing mechanism that was the nightly bottle of wine. So if you are someone who feels like perhaps your relationship with alcohol during this pandemic and lockdowns and homeschool and all the things that we've been dealing with, if you feel like your relationship with alcohol has changed a little and, and the balance is a little bit off with you, then I'd love to invite you along to the free class that I'm holding next week. The class is called How to Opt Out of Drinking Without Missing Out. And I'm going to be busting the top three myths that even smart, successful women like us believe about what it is to live alcohol-free or to change the relationship with alcohol. So if this is something you're interested in, if you want to just shift up your drinking, if you want to take a little break for a while just to kind of hit that reset button, then come along to class. I'm, I'm going to be talking about how I went from my 
accidental daily drinking for years, decades, um, to over three years being alcohol free now and actually how easy and simple it can be. We don't have to identify as alcoholics. We don't have to identify as being someone who is in sobriety or someone who's in recovery. Yes, it's true that there are some people who do have a physical dependency on alcohol. And that's a whole other conversation, you know, and that is something where, you know, medical advice and treatment is probably the best route for that person. But if you're someone who just feels like alcohol is playing too much of a part in your life, it's just taking up too much of your energy, too much of your thinking, then come along and join the class. Um, I'm going to be sharing lots of my own personal stories from the front line of navigating divorce and co-parenting and dating in my 30s. And this pandemic thing and homeschooling and all the delights that come along with it. And I've been doing all this with zero alcohol, right? Now, I know for many of you, that seems like just an absolute impossibility, but it can actually be really easy and actually be really fun. So if you want to join me in class, um, you can find the link over on my Instagram. Um, so my Instagram is just Barry McKechnie, um, at Barry McKechnie, and the link is in the bio there. So if you tap on that link, you'll go straight to the registration page. The class is going to be on Tuesday, August 17th at 11.45 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So that's Melbourne time. So if you are in the UK, then that's going to be your late Tuesday evening, Tuesday afternoon, if you're in the US. Um, there will be a replay of class going out afterwards if you aren't able to make it live. But if this is something that you're curious about, if you are someone who's perhaps been Googling, you know, how much is too much to drink? Or, you know, what would life be like without alcohol? If this is a thought that you've had, but your identity is so wrapped up in it and you have this all or nothing thinking that you're either someone who drinks the way you're drinking at the moment and feels uncomfortable with it and feels restricted by it or on the other end of the scale you're someone who never drinks forever then come along to class because there are so many options for you in between those two extremes so don't allow that all or nothing thinking to keep you stuck and stop you from taking that next right step so come join me in class. As I said, the link is on my Instagram. I'll also pop the link um, in the description for this episode. So whichever platform you're listening to the episode on, um, there'll be a link in the description underneath this episode. So you can just click that, pop your details in, and I will see you in class next Tuesday. All right, guys, that is all I have for you this week. Thanks as always for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please feel free to share it with your people. Take a screenshot if you're listening on your phone and share it over on Instagram. Um, again, I'm at Vary McKechnie, so don't forget to tag me. It's always so lovely to connect with you guys over there. And if you have a spare couple of minutes, I would super appreciate you leaving a little review over on iTunes. It really does help other people find the podcast too. Alrighty, guys, have a beautiful week. Do the small things and I'll talk to you next week.